0: From the Kramer Basketball Headquarters in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. You are listening to the Coach's Edge Podcast, powered by CoachesEdge.coach. Here is your host, Steve Kramer.
1: Like to give a warm Coach's Edge. Welcome to Coaches Edge.coach member Craig Archer. St. Clair Community College women's basketball head coach as we dive into ball screen offense and talking strategy and what you do, coach. So really exciting. I mean, anytime I get to spend an hour with you, I know I'm going to get better. So this is going to be a great conversation. And for those listening um, that are our Coach's Edge.coach members, you're going to be able to watch this whole presentation because he's got all these clips and game film. Like It's going to be fantastic stuff. So Coach Archer, first and foremost, thank you for being on the podcast. Uh, being on and doing this presentation, uh, why don't you give us a little bit of your background and tell us a little bit about this past basketball season?
0: Well, uh, you know, I've, I've been coaching since I got out of college, from AAU to JV to varsity. In last two years, as the uh, women's head coach. Before that, I was uh, men's assistant head coach at St. Clair County Community College for about six years. So, uh, about eight years at the collegiate level. We obviously just got done with our our season this year and. um you know, we, we we had a good season, you know, we were 21 wins and uh, a bunch of our losses um, were really good losses. We only had uh, one game get above 15 points on us, a um, bunch of single digit losses. So we finished 21 and six on the year. Um, I'm sorry. Let me take that back. We finished 21 and nine on the year. I real effort. I was trying to add. The first part of the season we only, we went five and five, but then we finished the season uh fifteen and four. So it was a good year.
1: Tell us a little bit about um you know your your program and th- that's gonna help us dig into ball screens and and I think it you know by it suits you guys so well. Yeah,
0: so I guess to go back a little bit in my history as a coach, right? You, you certainly evolve as a coach over time. Uh I went to coaching clinic and I can't even remember what clinic we went to um, at the very beginning of my career. And I watched uh, Central Michigan's women uh, show us their Euro ball screen offense. And it was, I thought revolutionary because I just liked the spacing on it. And I, and I'd always contended as a, as a defensive coach going, you know, what's the best way to guard a ball screen at the time at the lower levels, at the high school level, ball screens weren't that common, right? It, it, it just really wasn't. There was a lot of cutting action and that sort of thing. So then watching the ball screen and then seeing how every once in a while it would just come in and blow up uh, my guys as a defender, you know, I, I kind of came to realize, and those things are hard to guard. I mean, I and I went back to my college playing days and I went, you know, those things are hard to guard because you can't do it by yourself. You, I mean, it's a team effort to guard a ball screen. So I, I found something that allowed my team to be creative while also putting some of the hardest single actions to guard. I felt mm-hmm. like, um, and isolating, uh, certain matchups. So mm-hmm. I, I was really happy to find the ball screen offense when I did at, at the beginning of my career. And then, um, I started using it. Uh, and then I kind of got with a, a pro friend of mine, not you, but uh, another one. And, uh, he kind of gave me just some technical tips on, on how to run it um, coming off. And, and we'll talk about the biggest tip he gave me because you'll see it in some of the, the clips here that really made a difference in our effectiveness uh, scoring and getting great scoring opportunities off it. So when I go to construct my team, I mean, the reality is people aren't coming out of high school with amazing back to the basket skills. Now, last year we got one, um, and and we certainly built some offense around that ability because it's just so uncommon at our level. So I really look for uh, posts that can run and finish. Right. Mm-hmm. And so then if you combine that in a half court, you think about the pick and roll and the movement that's required there. Um, that's kind of how we think about constructing our team uh, who can, who can move uh, but also make sure they can battle for the rebound without getting pushed around down low and then after that, what you look for is guards that have no problem handling the ball.
1: So you mentioned we were doing some emails back and forth, obviously, uh, preparing for this. And you said your goals are to exploit a weakness or create too many variables so that the defense needs to make a choice, and that yeah. will give you an opening. Yeah.
0: So we'll take a look at some of the choices that they gave us in the clips we have. But um, essentially, when you go to a ball screen, the way we do it, we're we're essentially trying to isolate players um, to where it's it's all on them and they have to make a decision. And oftentimes what we find is there are so many different ways you can guard a ball screen that they end up trying to do some half version of two or three ways, Mm -hmm. which really means you're not doing any way. And so um from there it's just about knowing what to do when they make a mistake. Or if perhaps they do have a philosophy that they've been taught and they do it on every ball screen, well, that's fine. There's counters that we run and we practice those early in the season. When this happens, you just you go to this counter, right? So that we're ready. And it provides the the scoring opportunities um without the the need to one, take a timeout or two, um, you know, throw three, four turnovers, Mm -hmm. you know, before, Mm -hmm. before it gets figured out, usually it's just me yelling from the sideline, the counter, and they go, oh yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. And and they go to it. (laughs) Um, Once we figure out, we do it. We often start games going, we'll we'll just, I mean, not even run our continuity. A lot of times we'll start a game just going, we're going to isolate a ball screen just to see how they want to guard it. Mm -hmm. Um, Just at the very start of the game. I mean, if we score on it, great. But, I mean, we may just do a single ball screen at the top and just get everybody else as far away as possible just to just to gauge, okay, what have you been taught and what are you going to do and set the tone for the rest of the game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the the variables are – are there's so many because it all depends on what the defense do. We try to teach the girls do not be robotic. Read the defense and then uh, go
1: after them. Mm-hmm. Well, let's paint a picture for our listeners because you know I, th- I think uh, we put a continuity ball screen offense that was just uh, a couple page PDF to our coaches edge coach members where we have a ball screen happening on the same side as as we have somebody corner and we, we rise out of that corner as the uh, ball screen action happens. This is not the ball screen offense that you guys are running, and so I want everybody to understand that. Um, tell us a little bit about the spacing, the court geography, uh, so that our coaches can get a good idea of how some of these actions you're going to break down work.
0: So, so we we usually start kind of running it out of a one-four high, but you can run it out of a three-two. Um, it just depends on on the run you want and the spacing you want at the start. So we normally run it out of a one-four high, but out of transition and stuff like that, you'll see our posts come from the block. Uh, but essentially, you have a normal balance floor, a wing on each side, a, a post in each you know block area or high post, and then what happens? Um, our point guard is either going to push a wing out, or they're just going to uh, throw the ball to a wing, and then they're going to clear opposite. So if they push that wing out, that wing's going to cut through opposite, and so what's going to happen is we're going to have the ball handler isolated on a wing with a post coming to screen. Both of our other wings or guards are on the opposite three-point line, and then we have the opposite post somewhere in um, the uh, you know kind of the old-school stalker spot. You know, kind of just below the high post, but ready to to go to the go to the basket and dunk one or, or rise up for the reversal if we need it. So then that ball screen happens. Say on the left wing, I most of the time you're going to come off and use that screen. Um, and you're going to try for the basket. You've got your immediate pick and roll. You've got yourself. If you don't have anything, that opposite post rises up the slot. We give them the ball. Uh, their first look is actually to their partner post again, back in. They, we may have a duck in there. It's a really hard one to do, um, but it, it, it's if you have posts that work really well together, it's great. Uh, that post can then look to score themselves. If not, now you have two Uh, guards on that same side as the post, with the ball now after that reversal, the first one is going to cut through. We'll look at that option. The second one is going to rise up. We're going to feed that ball and then the post is going to chase into a ball screen. Um, The original person coming off the ball screen and the cut through are now back on the opposite wing uh, as we enter the ball screen the other side. So, um, the first couple of clips we have will show that because we get three, four sides of the ball. And the other thing I really like about this offense is it's really a great offense to wear a team down. Sure, guard the first ball screen, okay. Do the second one, okay. You really want to do the third and fourth one. That takes a lot of effort yeah, and a lot it does. of guts out of teams.
1: You know any any offense where you run a lot of screens on ball or off ball, and then you know you're you're running cutters through so you know players are chasing through the corners. I mean, anything like that is is definitely challenging. Um, you broke down the the court spacing and and that flow with this offense. Big picture before we get into, you know some of the nuts and bolts. when you think of this, and I know you've mentioned some already, What are the main things you're like, boy, we get like these things consistently with this offense?
0: Middle drives, you know, and, and so, you know, we, we play a game um, a lot of times where, where we give points for, for getting the ball in the paint right on a drive. And, and we emphasize if we can get over the middle, well, now we have every single option we can pull up, we can finish at the hoop on either side, or we can throw out for three, or we can dump the post. So so the big thing is if we can get the ball to the middle, we're going to have every option we can think of. And we just tell the girls, you take whatever's easiest. If it's open, you just take it. If it's a teammate, you just give it to them. If it's you, you just shoot it. it there's no thinking. Mm-hmm. Like what's super easy right now, do it.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's the, when you're running in transition offensively, you, you look for that quick get ahead. You said a lot of times you're running one four high, you know, what are some of the running habits that you have?
0: So we run wide and and we run hard. We, you know, this is where those running posts can steal a few buckets a game for you if they outrun the their competition. Um, sometimes we have a couple of things. One, um, we'll try our break and we'll see, we'll check a few things. If not, we put the ball on the wing and we just call for a screen. We're already in it. Right. Mm-hmm. If if we if we go to our secondary break and didn't get anything, and it doesn't matter the guard, right? The other guard knows they got to go through if we don't have the right spacing, or they might already be um, top and opposite wing. So the top will just slide down, the wing will slide corner. Um, but we've got some of that to show you how we transition um, out of an inbound, out of a out of a transition. Um, you'll just see guards calling and pointing from the, for their post to come come do it. And you know the big thing is you know you'll see some of my girls were really good at checking and their posts and some weren't. So, so you got to imagine that uh, some posts ran harder for, for certain people uh, to do it. But I mean, that's a big thing. You want your post to get there to the screen. We don't want that to be slow. Now the ball handler, that's different. The ball handler can be as slow as they want. Mm -hmm. And and actually that's the secret tip my pro friend friend gave me. Sometimes you're fast, but it's perfectly fine to just sit and gauge that, that, defense of how they want to do it Um, we got a clip on here of a a callback where um, my guard runs it she sees like oh I I know what I want to do so she instead of reversing it dribbles it right back to the wing calls the screen again and 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 hits our post um, who gets over the top because she goes oh I saw it. that's how they Mm -hmm. want to do it fine here's here's your bucket so it's it's a and once you start doing film on this and showing them the light bulbs really come on. So mm-hmm. transition is just a matter of you break the habit of stop throwing the ball back out top, letting the defense reset. We're there. We just I don't care if you're a guard, you're on the wing, call your screen. Mm-hmm. Here we are.
1: Mm-hmm. But I love that because you know in, in transition the, the pass is faster. So if you're you're getting that that pass up to the wing. I mean that's how you're starting your offense anyway, so it's it's really one and the same. It flows right into one another, which is which is huge. Um, So many teams struggle with the transition break that they like, but it doesn't complement what they're running the half court. Yours does, which I which I love. Uh, Let's let's have you voice over some of these clips and uh, break down a little bit about how the offense works.
0: A simple inbound, we're going right to it. You can see we start uh, one four. We talk about hey, advance the ball if someone's open. So uh point guard does, and then this is where we have a little variability. Sometimes we corner cut her right to the opposite side. Right now we're going with that UCLA screen. You can see the post setting up, get a good piece or, but not enough. And then here comes a post. Um, my ball handler just watching the action. So we turn in and, and automatically we can see, you know, they're trying to have it both ways with their post. She's not tight to my screener. She's not high. She's trying to do a lot of, a lot of things at the same time, which means she's not doing anything. So if we get a good screen on the on ball defender, um, we're we're gonna be in good shape. Now, unfortunately we don't take it very tight and we pick it up and we missed our post, but you could see that there were options to keep going or feed. Here's the other one we talk about with that post reversal. My post isn't looking, but on that catch, she could have gone right there to her partner post and that's a layup. And so uh, there are opportunities there, but in flow, we get our screen, we didn't get anything. So we just reverse it. We tell them not to worry about it. If you miss something, we screen and roll, we get over the top again, but we didn't get anything. So here we go. And then we find kind of a, kind of a, a handoff version as we come over the top, because that opposite defender was sitting low while we moved. So because that opposite defender, um, as the wing is moving up, is behind it. That allows us to follow right behind, score over the middle, little little floater. So we'll go through a little bit of a shallower cut that time. Uh, we set up our screen, missed our post again. That was a great cut that that we talk about. That they're supposed to have the ball. We've got our offensive player in between the defense. I mean, if we deliver this ball right now, this has to be your help, and then that's a layup right there. So we yeah, so that you're one. making, that's you're okay.
1: trying to face cut, preferably. Oh, absolutely. Correct? Yeah, you're trying to face cut, and absolutely. that's that's an option. Gotcha.
0: So we go to the other side. We set our screen again, and the and the post sits back. We didn't check it. Now we get an overplay, simple dribble, and and a, and a poor recovery, so that we could shoot that. So again, in full context. So I'm pretty happy with how my posts got to their screens on that one. And you know, have some confidence shooting the ball, you know.
1: Yeah. So a simple, simple reject. I mean, that's one of the things that I like about this is because that whole side is clear, as you mentioned already, it leaves you all the options open. All right. And yeah. so for the for those listening, I mean the baseline was open, you know, kind of little little uh pop dribble laterally cans of three there's really a ton of space on on that corner which is great
0: yeah so now on this one what you're going to see is my point guard push my wing out um so so you can see the hand motion right there she's shoving her out she's going to take this one herself um so we clear out here we are just on this side by ourselves come off we get a switch which usually like take advantage of But what I want to point out here is that cut earlier froze this defender and left my second shooter open. Mm -hmm. So because that cut came through, she kind of delayed for a second, fixated on the ball, left my shooter, and we got a great shot out of it.
1: Hey, Coach. Coach Archer breaks down 20, 30 minutes of game film review, their offense, everything that they're looking for, the different looks and dynamics, and that's a little harder for us to break down on audio alone. So that's why I've cut a big chunk of that out of this specific podcast interview. But if you would like access and like to learn more about what this offense is and looks like, I'm happy to invite you to one of our members meetings, right? So reach out to contact at careerbasketball.com. And if you're really locked in and you want to join our Coach's Edge community, you can go to coachesedge.coach, get access to everything, all of the resources. Essentially, it's like anything that I've ever worked on as a coach, I have put inside this membership, plus all the presentations that we have, the guest speakers that we have, our other Coach's Edge contributors. It is a great toolbox for you to have to continue to develop from player development strategy access knows and, and overall just a community of coaches that you can pinball some ideas around and I always say we get better and we get better faster because of this membership so if you want to make that investment and join our community it's coachesedge.coach reach out to me contact at current basketball if you have any questions let's get back to the show
0: so I mean you know that's that's a lot of the different options and reads that, that we go through. You saw quite a few of them there. Um, And there's a lot of options, but I think if you explain it really simply uh, you can be effective with it. One of the things that we do is we'll break down just simple parts of the scoring and we'll set defenders in small sided games uh, just to be like, how we would see it in the game. So, I mean, we'll practice refusing screens where us as coaches or the defenders will get the choice to either stick with a girl we stuck in the opposite corner or to go help more on the, on the drive as that bottom corner defender. And so we'll make them go refuse the screen every time and read that defender. Right uh other things we do to do stuff like that is we'll do the same thing over the middle we'll put the two guards opposite we'll we'll set the the cones up for the screen because we'll have the post working on other things the guard will come off and then it'll reach sh- she'll read the two help defenders if both of them are there you better move it one of them are there right if, if it's the bottom one we may have a jump shot we may stick it to the corner still right that corner may dive in you know Read and play, right? So we break down the actions um, a lot for what needs to happen as you're going through these individual pieces so that, um, you know what, when someone goes underneath you, you go, I've done this drill a bunch of times. I'm going to shoot this thing. And it it doesn't even need to be a thought. They're going underneath, pull the trigger.
1: So when you're you're doing some of these small-sided games, are you um, giving your defenders say, hey, we're gonna de- we're gonna defend it this way right now, or give them a couple choices, or do you right off the bat? I mean, they're college players, right? They're this is a higher level than most of our listeners are are with with high school teams uh, have, but or do you say, hey, I want you guys, you know, get a little game plan of what you're gonna do and you know surprise the offensive team as they start to work on these decisions.
0: Well, usually there's someone that's brave enough to go well, wait a second, coach, you just said, you know, no matter what I do, I have a chance of losing. And it's like, yes, that's right. And guess what? The other team's trying to do that to you too. But this is for you to go, maybe you need to stunt. Maybe you're trying to psych out our, our player. Maybe you, you, you're able to, to stay right there and they make the bad read and you can block it. Like that happens in a game to us. So you don't just get to say that, you know, I'm, I'm not going to win this. It's like, yeah, listen, have you never been in an odd man break? you're you're buying time and trying to get them to make a mistake. We we don't give up and and one of the things we talk about a lot is we don't have time to feel sorry for ourselves. So mm-hmm. by you saying like I have only bad options, that's you feeling sorry for yourself. So mm-hmm. we you know, we give them the choice a lot of times between a couple of things, right? You know, when you're doing small-sided games, you're, mm-hmm. you're you have some constraints. Right. Um so we usually But for our offensive players to get any value out of it, they have to make the read. So it can't be a same thing every time it can't be something it is. So you allow your defenders to kind of play with that as well within the constraints you set of saying, like I said, maybe you got two choices, maybe you have three that, that you can do as a defender that our offense has to read. And, And the answer is in the beginning, the defense wins, but, It usually doesn't take long for the offense to go. Okay, I get it. I saw it. You know, the first thing of teaching is, is not doing it right. It's actually seeing it late and kind of going, ah, I saw it. I should have done this. Yeah, the learning process. Exactly. So, so once you see it late, now it's like now you can start seeing it on time, Mm -hmm. right? So, Mm -hmm. so in the beginning, yeah, the defense has an advantage just because a lot of players haven't been put into a role that we're telling them, make the decision, right? But you want your players like that. You know, another thing we talk about is if you're out there and you see a scoring opportunity, screw the play. Now I define and we talk about what scoring opportunities are. It's not just you think I can score. It's, there was no help defender. I took my girl to the basket. Beautiful. That's what I want to hear. Even if you don't make it, right? The girl on you makes a play. That happens. People make plays, but you read it correctly. And I don't want you to be unaggressive and be afraid. So, so again, it's, it's about building those constraints without saying this must happen every time.
1: Yeah. You You don't want to handcuff your players.
0: Yeah. I'm big about not handcuffing my players. I want them to have that, that ability. It's more fun for them too. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You, you should see, like, when they make reads and stuff, even the bench gets excited for those things. They start calling it out. They're like, you know, you, you'll stand on the bench side and you'll start here someone on the bench, like, corner three, you know, and then, then comes the pass, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and that's pretty cool as a coach.
1: Yeah, yeah. What are some of the other small-sided games that you might gear or how do you um, do different ones to integrate the bigs on that ball screen or, or the reversal to the big? So,
0: yeah, so we do – we do a lot of three on three for that ball screen. You know what I mean? Where we just go, Hey, it's just you two on that ball screen. There's a help defender with someone else in the corner. Right. And, and the whole game is like, if you as a defender can give them no scoring opportunity through that first ball screen with just the three of you. I mean, that's, that's huge. Right. I you that means Mm -hmm. you recovered beautifully on the ball screen that your help defender was able to, close out on time and then what we do is we just go but our offense is we roll into another one so we send the post to the other one too so there's a little bit of endurance we build into that Um, other things we do with the post are uh, you know we we look that uh, that partner um, reversal catch we'll do that a lot so we'll throw that reversal in a two-on-two game with both of our posts so the post that is high is reading the close out for an attack and the post.
1: Keep going, coach. This is this is great stuff. So we're talking about the two on two, the the post reads and some of the decision making um, as they get the basketball high.
0: Yep. So so just like in the offense, right, when you have that opposite post rising for the reversal someone's got to close out on them Mm -hmm. and and one of the things like i said posts aren't used to people closing out on them with them facing the basket so so it's a great opportunity to teach them that no no you can attack with this basketball too and you got your partner opposite so if we can get a seal down there and you can throw it in right we all know posts are actually a lot better at throwing it to other posts Mm. so so we go you know what you guys got to look out for each other i do tell the guards when they miss you but you know what one of the things about the game of basketball that that if you don't have um it seems like throughout your career, people telling you when and where to look for posts, they, they come as guards through high school. Maybe you just didn't have a post that could do that. Yeah. Um they don't even know how to look or when to look, right? So then, you know, that's where the film comes out. That's when, that's when the games come out to to know when to do that.
1: Mm-hmm. Let's talk personnel as we um, you know, kind of finish our deep dive with this. What are some of the skill types that you're really looking for from a role position with this type of offense? We want to thank you for listening to this episode with the Coach's Edge podcast brought to you by Coach. And April is one of the few times out of the year that we really encourage coaches to join our membership. In fact, uh, shout out to Coach Boyd, who's listening down in Florida. He sent us a message about a week ago, and he was asking, you know, is there a time that we should join the Coach's Edge? April is one of those times. We like to launch in April, July, and October, and then throughout basketball season, really like to lock in and work with those coaches that are inside of our membership. With that said, can you join CoachesEdge.coach anytime? Of course you can, but it's... uh very smooth transition as we get new members throughout the same month in April, the same month in July, same month in October before the season starts. And it's really good for us to be able to get together to talk about what the membership looks like and for me to get a feel for how I can do a better job of serving the coaches inside our membership. Because I look at it as much more than a resource site. I look at it as how can I help you out. That could be with Zoom calls that we have as groups or individually. That could be phone calls, emails, whatever that might be, watching game film for you. I try to help however I can. But if you're on the fence about joining CoachesEdge.coach or you just been waiting, now is the time to join CoachesEdge.coach. Right? So while you're listening to this episode, click down in the description, hit that link, and let's go. Jump on. Let's, let's do this. We continue to get messages from coaches that are just surprised with how many resources are inside the membership and it's only going to grow because of uh, the new dribble drive offense course that we're putting in the one, three, one defense uh, presentation that's coming in the ball screen presentation that's coming in uh, the new ball handling program that we just finished. That's available on the Kramer basketball app and in the coach's edge membership Um, there's so many things going on. We got some really cool videos of how you can break in some some of the read and react offense as well with coach Burton at Southern Maine community college. So, so many really good things, probably the most resources that we've uploaded in a short amount of time is this April and May. So if you're thinking about jumping into coaches edge coach now is the time. And if you have questions, hit me up contacts at CramerBasketball.com. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to the show.
0: You know, ideally, in this position, you, you, with this offense, your your guards are interchangeable, right? They're they're going to do all of it, um, unless you have a specific matchup that you want to attack. Um, you, you may call your screen specifically or give the ball to a certain person, but um, you need guards that are, that can face the basket with a screen coming, right? And that gets crowded. A lot of guards, their instinct is, I'm going to turn away. And you have to break that early. So so you look for people that just in general, just don't have a fear um, and then have enough ball handling skills to back it up, right? Obviously we can always improve. That's a huge thing. But having that confidence with the ball in their hands, that's the other thing. I, I found in my last two years that, that getting players to shoot, whether on the girls' or guys' side, it's a little effort on the girls' side. It was never an effort on the guys' side. Um, But on the girls' side, you you have to encourage them sometimes, take the shot, right? Mm -hmm. So we have a very simple philosophy of shooting. We call it ROB, range, open, balance. If you have those, shot goes up and and you get yelled at if if (laughs) you don't shoot and Mm -hmm. you have those. So, you know, in in the early season, you'll hear me a lot of times, you know, look at players and go, uh, shoot the ball or ROB, you know, and, and then their name. And they know that it's pretty simple uh range is is the one that is really the variable one because every person has a different range right um i had one post uh you know my first year that was great at shooting the three so um yeah hey they they leave you alone you know and and she'd shoot for a game and she'd hit two of them Mm -hmm. right so that opens up other possibilities when you're running an offense like this too. You want to freeze your post on the three point line one time and kick it back. That becomes an option. If you have a mm-hmm. post that can do both, mm-hmm. then again, you're you're just throwing things that are harder at the defense at that point.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Having the ability to post up, throw a, a post entry pass and be able to knock down the three. If mm-hmm. you're a big, I mean, that's, that's a dangerous weapon. And I love the fact at the college level that, the you know the post game and really in the women's game all the way up through shoot the WNBA the post game is alive and well and uh you know you just love to see the inside outside game going on. You mentioned a little bit about how you're able with this offense to pick on players or pick on their strategies. Can you talk about that a little bit?
0: Well, we scout, right? I mean, I, I know most coaches do, and and you just sit there and you go, you'll sit there and you'll see some people struggle to make decisions, right? they they need a very linear set of choices and and if you throw things at them or put them in situations they can't do it and there's also skill differences too maybe just on a matchup basis your best option against one of my players is just not a good option well if we figure that out either in the scout or in the game well we're going to start setting that up where that's the ball screen we want right and so um that's the one where 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 we'll sit there and, and you might hear me call out, you know, get the ball to so-and-so, right. And I don't care if it's a handoff or a throw ahead or whatever, but that's the ball screen we want. And, and they know that, okay, the reason we're doing this is we think there's a weakness here. Let's try to press that button. Right. You know, it, it's, um. There, there's two ways to look at that. Right. So you can sit there and go, you're picking on somebody or you're sitting there going, Oh, we're challenging them. Right. You know, we don't mind when we get picked on because now, you know, right. You, we just found out we had a weakness. We didn't know. Well, how are you going to respond? And, and that goes back to our philosophy. Of we don't have time to feel sorry for ourselves. We might need to do some fixes strategy wise in a game, but you know what? It, it, it might be something where maybe, maybe you got to rotate out for a second, gather yourself, go back. Maybe this just isn't your game. The, those are all fine things. Those are not destroying things unless you let them be mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, if you're not hearing that message all the time, if in practice your coach isn't telling you get over it, not because I need you to do this, it's because you need to do this. You're better than this. You can handle this. You made three mistakes in a row. Yep. Run back. Go get me a tip. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Right? We're not just going to give up a bucket because of that. We're not just going to give up a layup because uh, you're slow laterally to one side. Right? Well, maybe we need to overplay a little bit more, right? And we need to let our let our teammates know what's coming, right? We we need to fix this and not just hang our heads, right? As soon as you hang your head, you know, with me, that's a that's a that's a go getter. Sure, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah. like I'm pointing down the bench, going, "Go getter Already at the scores head. table. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I mean we we very much talk about that. I mean, mm-hmm. if you if you feel sorry for yourself, you're coming out because nobody that's in that mental headspace can perform.
1: Yeah, yeah. You can't you can't outperform a negative mindset. That's uh that's right. for sure. You can't outwork one, can't outperform one. No, no so, question. So again, about the weakness
0: that. part is right, try and put someone in that negative mindset and then punch that button. Try and put a try and put a 10 O run with six or eight points coming from that weakness. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. make the other team adjust to you. That that means you are in control as a team of the flow, the the tempo, the the just Um, you have the initiative in the basketball game, right? They're reacting to you instead of you having to react to them.
1: Since you've been running this offense, what's the biggest thing you've learned about ball screens in general?
0: The patience, okay? So you need your post to get there quickly uh, because what that does is that can create opportunities and not allow the defender post to be in position. But as a ball handler, you can go fast, but you don't have to, mm-hmm. right? It, it's more important that you're tight to that ball screen than that you are like immediately going off it. Now, again, sometimes the read is, shoot, my defender's flat-footed. The right. post defender's nowhere to be found. Let's go, right? I mean, these are split-second reads that we teach, right? So, so I mean, we teach right down to the stance of your defender matters, If, if they like jab one foot at you, that's a mistake, right? Cause then they got to drop a hip to keep Mm -hmm. you in front. That's an extra move they have to make. If they're not square to you, Um, if they're flat footed, they can't move. The first thing you got to do is get back onto the balls of their feet. And, and, you know, that's a quick thing, but as soon as you realize that's an advantage, that's, you may only need that one millisecond of a dribble to, to get your hips even or ahead of the defender. So Mm -hmm. Like I said, the biggest secret I think is having those guards realize they're in control and they can do whatever's necessary. And going fast doesn't have to be it. I would rather have them go slow and read the defense correctly and make the right choices than go fast and sit there and get pushed into one option. Because Mm you know, a lot of times, again, it's a fear-based thing where it's like, I'm afraid to make a mistake you can't have that mindset. So, so I think that's the key and it's a lot of pieces to it, but it all kind of syncs up.
1: Have you had, you know, did the teams still run like ice ball screen defense on the wings? Have they ever done that against you? Or is that seems like it's not as common anymore?
0: Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting, right? So it, it's funny that you're seeing, um, I think what's going to be next is no, you don't see a lot of ball screens again, because there's, there's so much you have to teach. If you don't take the time to teach, it, it's really difficult, right? You you cannot just do this over a short period of time and expect to be good in the high school season, because it's shorter, what we would do is we would not introduce all the options that are possible right away. Right. Right. We would sit there and we go, here's what we're going to. So in the high school game, I mean, it may look like we're doing five or six reversals before Mm -hmm. we get something over the middle and we're just teaching like roll shot in the middle or throw it to a three, right? Right. That's it. Just those three, you know, we don't get into probes. We don't get into slips. We don't get into, um, we don't get into um, what what do you call it? The, uh, uh, the reversal attacks, right? Mm -hmm. When you're teaching, right? you, You, you can't give them everything at the same time. And at the college level, it's the same thing. The difference is, before my first game, I've got two months. Right. A lot of times at the high school level, they're lucky to have two yeah. weeks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so that's a huge advantage for me. But it's not impossible. It's just a matter of setting objectives. That makes sense. And then sometimes at the high school level, which is pretty cool, they discover those other options organically, and they look at you and go, can we do this? And then you <laughs> sit there and you go, yes. But do you know why it works there? It's Because certain things happen. And once you start reading it, right, they can do it. Um, and teaching them to see that. And again, I'll go back to this. Film's huge. You, sure. you have to show them. I think, I think one of the things that would help high school a lot, and it's hard because, you only have them for so much time is mm-hmm. i mean even just doing 30 minutes of film where you clip out and go hey do you see this now do you see where you should have been i think is just huge
1: what's the most common defense that you you've encountered this season uh ball screen wise
0: oh it, it's it's been for the my entire career it's it's the post sits back or or they do some sort of half-hearted hedge Okay. So um a lot of times when I can I can tell how much time you spent working on your hedge based on what your posts do. I mean, if you have a good hedge, your post is out there. They're above yes. the screen, mm-hmm. right? And and they're getting as big as possible. I mean, you're you're just saying, yeah, right now, if if you throw this slip, I better have help, right? A lot of times it's a soft hedge where they try to be even with the screen or just slightly behind it, which gives us the corner every time. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, a guard attacking a post. We love doing that because we we think we're going to put a foul on them. Right. When they, if they try to keep up, uh, the other one, and I would say this is not far behind is the post just sits back and goes, I don't want any of this. I know you're going to roll. I'm going <laughs> to take that away and I'm just going to say, Hey, guard, good luck. You know,
1: mm-hmm. they're just so trying to not, yeah, not I'll help you out if they get you. to the paint, but, you know you got to take care of it's two-on-one up there yeah that's the
0: most common that we see um there are people that don't even want to try it and they'll just go right to you just know they're like i don't want to do with that i don't see other people that run as many ball screens so for this one game we're going to play zone Mm -hmm. okay Mm
1: -hmm. and when they and when they run zone i mean what do you what's your main looks there
0: we, so again, so because we spend so much time teaching options in our man to man, um, when we go to our zone offense, they're very simple and it's all the same rules. And all gotcha. of a sudden the girls go, I got two on ones everywhere. Yep. Because the, the whole principle of zone is you have an area. Now we as coaches know that's not true, but as a, as a player, it's just natural it's just instinctive i mean we did it when we were playing so um we have a number of options we we use the color i mean we have blue green yellow um and all we do is create an imbalance and and once you're chasing um because of how we talk about advantages and whatnot we just say don't give up the advantage just move the ball attack you know they'll get it because they're so used to reading things on ball screens and then they have all these people closing out or, or running around. They, they can find the places. We give them, like I said, the basic movements, uh, especially for posts, right? What you know, do you dive opposite or do you dive straight down? Right. Um, but it's really about, you know what, as soon as as soon as we make the first pass on every single one of those color plays, we should be at an imbalance where where we're good to go. So mm-hmm. we wanna we wanna create a problem for a zone offense on the first pass and and generally we do so um we we over the last two years we have been um not a team you want to play a zone on
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i was like playing against zones myself i was like this it's easy game easy game now that you guys are in the zone um Coach, you joined Edge.coach as a member this, this past fall. If anybody's listening and they're thinking about uh, joining our community of coaches, you know, what would you tell them?
0: Well, listen, I would say, you know, what brought me to coaches edge is, you know, my brother-in-law's uh, uh, the men's associate head coach um, out at Southern Maine CC. We talk basketball all the time. And, and he kept, he kept saying to me, I mean, have you talked to Steve? Have you, have you looked at his stuff and stuff like that? And, and so um I finally did. And I went, all right, let's check this out. And it's a ton of good stuff, right? Uh, we're trying to play better basketball. We're trying to give our kids opportunities. Um, it, it's cool to have the different levels on here because there's learning that happens. Um, uh, Joe's at, at Frankenmuth. Right. And, um, I just think, you know, the, the experience he has, there, there's things that he does where, where you know, I quickly roll in my notebook and go, oh I got to save that. Um, because there's just different actions and stuff that that we've all seen the collective knowledge is better um for for myself as a basketball coach
1: mm-hmm. i know we're better every time you jump in one of our our coaches calls and it's just great to have different coaches sharing from their experiences because we're getting better faster it's just the way i think about it it's like what well, it would be a lot of work for me to try to get as good without any of our members in here just trying to you know and and realistically it would be unrealistic for me to, to be that good just because you can't get the experiences that other people have, the knowledge that they have, and then um, sharing them in that community. So that's uh, that's been really, really cool. So if anybody's thinking about jumping into the coach's edge, spring's always a good time uh, to think about joining our memberships. We have a lot of cool stuff going on. Uh, I have a bunch more questions. We got to get you on another call one of our live zoom calls. So we got to set that up this spring um, as well. So you can continue to share a little bit more about our ball screen offense, to some of our members when they're on here, but for our listeners, could you give them some information, whether that's Twitter, social media, how they can connect with you?
0: Yeah. So, so I maintain the Twitter because that's where the recruits are. Um, I'm not really a social media guy, to be honest with you. Um, if they start migrating to something else, so will I, uh, but I, I'm at SC4 coach Archer. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we put stuff out there, uh, our SC4 athletics does a nice job as well. Um, you know, it's been a, it's been a year where, um, you know, of of a lot of growth. So proud of the team. I would just say that for all your listeners, uh, for this community of coaches that I'm, I'm, you know, very happy to be a part of, um, I got four kids at home. It's difficult to get to all the clinics and that sort of thing. Uh, so having this podcast, having these videos that we can watch are uh exceedingly helpful um because you know i can i can wait till they go to bed or you know whatever (laughs) else you got going on um they're very very helpful
1: Mm -hmm. well we appreciate you taking the time uh i will put coach's uh twitter handle on there sc ford is a you know if you're if you're listening and you're like boy you know like check out that uh college they do some really great stuff You and the program in general do a great job uh, promoting your athletes and and your athletic programs. Uh, It's it's just a really uh, great school. You guys have a lot of great things going on there. I've heard nothing but good things about it from different people that have been associated with with SC4. So um, keep up the great work, Coach. This was fun. Went by fast. Hour went by fast. Uh, To our listeners, thanks for uh, checking us out. Any questions, let me know. Get after today.